Hey there, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Aloha to you today, wherever you are in this beautiful July summer that we're experiencing. I am absolutely beside myself to have this gentleman sitting next to me. This is truly one of my most favorite people that I've ever met in the produce business in my entire career. He is a living legend in my mind, probably a living legend in his own mind as well. I don't know. But he has done so many great things for this industry. He's done so many great things for the organic produce category as a whole. It is an honor, an absolute pleasure to be here today with my brother from another mother. Please give it up for the director of Produce and Floral at the Raley's Markets, Raley's Family's Market, Raley's Market, with all of it, Michael Shutt. Shutty, welcome. TLC, glad to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. This is long overdue. Um, I think it's a great thing that you're doing for the industry, and that's, that's going to be a tough follow, but hopefully we can, uh, we can drop a little knowledge today, and, and uh, you know, if nothing else, we're going to have a good time, right? We're gonna Damn straight we are. Try and get this thing tilted on the rails a little bit, and uh, whoever you got manning the the dump button for those those uh, inappropriate uh, uh, words is going to work overtime today. But hey, we we got this. Well, there's no inappropriate words. We've got that covered. They knew that right away with me. We don't have a dump button, uh, and if you say something really out there that we have to edit, 50-50 chance I probably keep it in. So let's just be honest. I mean, you know me well enough to know that's probably the case. So, and as we sit here today, celebrating, you know, you're, you're a little bit of vacation right now and a little bit chill out. I've got the Hawaiian shirt on, honoring your time that you're having off, doing your thing, uh, racking you in here late in the afternoon to hang out with me. We've got, you know, it's Friday afternoon. I'm having a beer with you. That's kind of fun to do virtually. Cheers. I enjoy, I'm enjoying that. Cheers back at you, brother. I'm enjoying that back with you. I'm super excited to have you here today, brother. I really am. I, 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 no bullshit. You know me well enough that you know that's from my heart when I say what I say about you and what you've done for this industry, what you continue to do your vision, your kindness, your graciousness, the uplifting that you've done in the retail sector to guide young brands, especially organically, you know, out of the, you know, out of the cubby hole and into the mainstream and given so much, I think, support. It's just unbelievable. So I'll just start off by saying on behalf of everybody, including myself, thank you for what you have done and who you are as a person and what you mean to the industry, because, you know, you really are a beacon of light out there that it's just great you know, to gravitate towards you like a moth is not hard to do. So thank you. I, I, I appreciate the graciousness, but you know, really, you you own part of this, right? I'm a collection of my relationships. We're in a relationship-based business, right? Yeah. And you know, and very early on, you know, I think you you penned the the line that you know, mentorship is is really its friendship, and you extended to, you extended that to me, you know, nearly three decades ago, and and helped me on this on this path that I'm on, and it's been those kind of um, engagements, those collisions with other great members of this industry that have helped foster, you know, my growth. And, and so I'm only just a collection of, of those great, those great interactions. That's it. Well said, sir. I really appreciate that's well said. Let's talk a little bit. Let's get into it. Let's got, you know, me, I got a lot of questions. I love what you guys are doing. I want people to understand where you're at and some of the work you guys are doing at Rayleigh and what you're doing at One Market and, you know, kind of get into some of the programs you have, because I think there's some really cool stuff out there. But before we do it, You've just recently, I don't know how it's been a year now, you've been director of yeah. Post and Floor, a little over a year, whatever it is. So talk a little bit about what your role is and you know your responsibilities. Is that get people up to speed a little bit about who you are? For those, for those that of the three people out there that don't know. Uh yeah. So um about a year ago now, they actually officially gave me the broom, which which means that I was I was qualified to sweep the floor, and that's really what I should do. But and congratulations. 
in in essence, I I I guess from from the outside looking in, I finally reached the top of a mountain that I never set out to climb. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I started in this business uh, bagging groceries for a few for a few months, um, and then I worked in in all aspects of produce as it relates to Rayleigh's, from being a clerk to being a produce manager to working in the warehouse and checking loads as quality control to relief buying to buying to senior buying and 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 now director. Um, and all that really means is now my lens changes to I, my job is to lift people up. It's to move out of the sun and let that hit them and don't cast a shadow. Yeah. Um, if, if I really have any one talent that allowed me to get to get to this place, it's to hire the right people. I don't have, I don't have a, a talent per se, um, but to try and be a coxman and not a coxman from the front of the boat, you know, griping orders right. from the back of the boat with an oar in my own hand, rowing yeah. with them. You know, yeah. and that's that's got to be. You know, that's leadership from from where I sit. Um, and you know, in in that pursuit of bringing all best fresh items to you know Rayleigh's banner of stores, uh, mm-hmm. to acting as a as a liaison and a partner and a um, uh, for our new bashes. Uh, team members in the Arizona yeah. market, you know, they, yeah. they do a great business different than our own in, in a lot of respects, but you know, we're, we're all putting on our pants and, and attacking how to, you know, how to feed people in some way or way or form every day. And so, yeah, yeah that's, I think that's kind of the, the wide end of the funnel of what the, the job looks like now, you know, stand in front of the bullets, every, uh, every win is theirs and every, yeah. every, learning i wouldn't say failure i'd say every learning we share i love that and i love the uplift part because that's truly you know it, it a lot of times leadership does not take a hard enough look at the uplift of what your r- real responsibility is and I, and I saw something the other day and i really made me stop and think about this um some of the the best leaders are the ones you have no idea that they're actually the leader because everything is together and everybody's working together and there's commonality and it's you know again about what you said put the sun sunshine here, right. And keep pushing that boat forward, not yelling and barking out orders, but working together to row forward. And I think it's just so imperative that people hear that from somebody like yourself, that's in a role of leadership and responsibility, because you have a big responsibility produce at Rayleigh's and all your banners is, you know, it's, it's, it's not a $200 a year business. It's pretty big. And you got a lot of moving parts and it's very easy. I think in a lot of times for you to get bogged down in those moving parts and forget about the fact that your responsibility is really to your team and getting that team in a position to score and to win for the brand. So it's well said. Yeah. I'm glad that you use the, the, the team analogy because that's, that's absolutely at its core. It's what it is. And I think when you look at that dynamic, some of, some of the, the, the onus that's put on the leader is to make sure that the person that you have playing first base isn't better suited to be an outfielder. And that person yeah. isn't better behind the, behind the dish. And so understanding how to utilize the tools that you have in your, in your tool belt in the best way possible, again, to, to continue to move the brand, to move the banner, to move the business, move the industry forward. I love that. What do you think, you know, because you, you've had such an, to your, you know, what you brought up, this amazing trajectory, starting literally box bar, right? You're down, at, you're, you're, you're there and you've worked your way all up now to where you have your own parking place and the key to a better bathroom, I guess, probably, right? I'm just assuming, I don't even know how that works. But what do you think the biggest lesson is that you've learned when you reflect back to where you are now, you know, as director, what do you think that, what do you think the biggest or best lesson that you've learned at this point? I think there's a really simple one um, and something that, that should be visited on the, 
on the generation that's that's entering or has just entered the workforce, hard work pays off. Yeah. I, I told you, I told you I got to the top of a mountain. I never set out to climb. The only thing I did was put my head down and work hard. And I thought that if I did so, um, somebody would notice. And I and I ultimately my goal that I probably had set my sightlines on at some point was to be able to go out and put my feet on dirt. And I think that that matters, and it still matters to me today to put my feet on dirt and to talk with farmers and understand their plight and to try and try and be a good steward of that relationship and bring those products to market. And if I'm doing a really good job, I'm finding a way to get more of that product to people that need that product, whether that's through the retail application or through other applications, you know, food closets, all that, but it's, it's on some grand scale, it's to feed people. And, and so I think the hard work thing, um, and I didn't start in, you know, the hub of our wheel, for, for people that don't know, is is Sacramento. We we're based in Northern California, 86, 86 years, family owned, not publicly traded, you know, incredible, um, courageous owner um, that tilts towards a windmill of, of health and wellness every single day. So um, got a little got a little off the off the train track there, but no hard work. Hard work is one. And then I think the other one that that can sometimes get overlooked. And I, I mentioned it earlier on is the value of relationships. Yeah, you're right. Rayleigh's Rayleigh's business uh, in produce is not is nothing to shake a stick at. It's it's mm-hmm. certainly a, a, a big number. And the industry is, you know, a hundredfold a bigger number. Yeah. But, but the community in which we operate to control those numbers is relatively small. Mm-hmm. And so I think the value of of gaining relationships, of maintaining those relationships has been huge for me, you know, and yeah. I, and I use ours as, as a, as a shining example of that, you know? Well, it is a relationship business. And I think that commonality is that we're all dealing with a highly perishable item. We're all in the same boat trying to get, you know, food to market to feed people. And I think that that unites us in such a way. I, I don't necessarily know, and I'm not picking on this, but I, I don't necessarily know if you're selling paper towels um, you actually get that kind of relationship connective tissue because, and I think something you were so great at um, and continue to do is the understanding of the ebb and flow of agriculture, right? It's, you know, look, nobody woke up and said, you know, Hey, I hope it rains today, right? It happens, right? Or the wind blows or there's aphid, whatever the case may be, but you got that. You understood that. And I think that was something in my mind that set you apart. It's like, I go back to, I say it all the time, nobody wakes up to go screw up somebody's day. Right. And so you get in these situations and I think it's just really important, you know, to remember that, and you've been so gracious about that and doing that. You know, thinking about retail itself, you know, where do you think it's heading today? Because it's a different world. I mean, it, it's, it was a different world pre-pandemic. Then it changed into this world that nobody knows what the hell that world was for now. Now you're coming out post-pandemic, life is changing. Where do you think retail is heading today? Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Abby Pryor, Chief Commercial Officer at Bright Farms. On behalf of all the bright farmers across our great country, thanks for listening to Toddversations and Toddbits. At Bright Farms, we care about the health of our planet and its people. Our mission is to give more people access to the freshest, tastiest, cleanest, and most responsibly grown salads available. We grow our salads by harnessing the power of the sun in our advanced greenhouses located close to your grocery stores. Our salads are delivered in as little as 24 hours after harvest, so every Bright Farm salad you buy is fresh, tasty, and sustainably grown. It's a big job looking out for the health of the people on the planet, but we're up for it, 
So give one of our Bright Farms salads a try today and become a part of our Bright Farms family. Thanks so much. Well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to keep me on the track. So I'm going to go back to the last thing you said about, about, you know, just, just that understanding. And, and I use this, I've used this uh, analogy a little bit within the grocery world and within the, the four walls in which I operate, just speaking to what you mentioned and trying to articulate the differences mm-hmm. of produce, because you're trying to align it and it doesn't align with Cheerios for sure. And it doesn't align with milk and they'll say, well, you know, meat's fresh. You're, you're right. Meat is fresh. But I will tell you that nothing happens with the meat market when the cow gets rained on. And, and if you, if you happen to, you know, process too many cows, you can freeze them. Those, those are not things that are privy to our industry. We're a fresh (laughs) industry um, and we need to, we need to move that product. We need need to move it to people that are going to be able to consume it. Um, For sure. That's a responsibility that I think is, is huge. Getting, keeping food out of furrows and out of dumpsters and out of landfills is a, is a, is something that if you don't feel like that is in your task basket, you you might want to rethink it because it, it, it absolutely it's on all of us. It's be, you know we're all beholden to trying to make sure that food gets to the people that need it most, and some, of, some of them can afford to do that, and others can't, and we can't leave those behind in this in this venture. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, it's it's well said. You know, I'm, you know and I'll just because I can say it because you you teed me up. You want to decrease food waste, let's increase consumption, right? There you go. Well, yeah. You asked me a broader question. You asked yeah, me what, you know, where I thought they were going. Mm-hmm. And I, have, I probably have a, a 150 push pins and I'll try and, I'll try and distill it down to, to what I think. Um, this, is a, this is a great time. It's a great time because of what we have endured, right? This is a, in my opinion, this is a bit of a renaissance. People are intimate with their cooking occasions again. They just spent two years doing that. Everyone on your block is a master chef. Great. That's awesome because they're cooking. And what I need as a grocer, I need people intimate with cooking. What our job is every day. And this is not, this is not particular to Rayleigh's. This is the same plight. If I talk to Mill at Safeway, we're going to talk about this in the same manner. We battle less about against each other than we do on how do we feed a family of four for $4.99 like Chili's or Applebee's. We yep. need to keep the food dollar in, uh, in, the, in the grocer's pocket, mm-hmm. in the grocer's pocket, but that's where we need to keep the food dollar. And I think that's the challenge. And so this pandemic has, has been that thing where grocery shopping is cool again. Whether, whatever platform, whether you're pushing the cart through the store or you're clicking buttons online in your boxers at night, Right. Grocery shopping is cool again. Cooking is cool again. You know, eating at home and Taco Tuesday in the house, in the Linsky household. That's that's cool again. And that's that's really that's wonderful for us. It really yeah. is. Because you talk about getting consumption up. If we have a bigger captive audience that is caring about their own food prep again, well, we have a captive audience to introduce new things. You know, yeah. we we've had, you know couple this, you know, hitch this same wagon to what's changed in, in people being, you know, more inclined to, you know what, the beginning of the pandemic was a little indulgent, might have hit the bottle a little bit much, might have hit the cake a little bit much, right. might have sat on the couch and wondered if the world was going to implode a little bit much. And as we, as we kind of unwind from that, we're like, hey, we got we to gotta be a little bit more conscious about we, what we put in our body. Yeah. And, you know, being a fresh department, hey, 
here I am. I'm, I'm here to help you with that. And so I think there's, there's a lot of a byproduct of a lot of what we've, what we've endured is, is great for, for grocery and certainly for produce. We have yeah. a captive audience. We can now introduce new things. You know um, we're, we're seeing the coolness of produce moving from side plate to center plate cauliflower pizza crust and zucchini noodles. And Hey, we, we are now not the supporting actor. We can be, you know, we're the star of, of many cuisines and, and that for what I do, this is, this is a great time, brother. Well, it really is. And, and I'm, I'm glad you went down this trail because it's certainly something that, that I believe in and something that, that I keep trying to point out and talk about. And I think you did a great job of, of articulating it is that, we this this pandemic has given the produce department an amazing opportunity. Let's be fair. I mean, if there's a lot of bad came out of this. There's no two ways about it. But this there's something I look at. It's like, well, this is kind of positive. To your point, people are cooking at home. Um, produce is the only place in the grocery store, and really, in my opinion, where you can actually touch, feel, and smell your food. I, I don't imagine many people walk up to the meat department and say, "Hey, can I smell that ribeye?" I just don't see that happening. Um, and so people get involved with it, and they did get involved. We saw the rise in the numbers, right? But one of the things that concerns me is the economy starts to go south, which it's doing, right? We're in this, this problematic mode right now. Uh, consumption decreases. And so we've got to keep the pedal to the metal from not only from the shipper side of the business by, you know, putting energy into let's keep talking about eating more tomatoes and, you know, first and foremost, because that wins the day for everybody and for yourself as a grower. But we've got to keep it up at the retail level too, keeping people engaged with healthy eating and what's going on. I mean, I think it's super, super important. And, and I'm going to say what I say, and I'm going to come back to a question that you know that you brought up a little bit about clicking online. And one of the things I find interesting, though the thought process out there with this question, is that when you buy online, you're buying paper towels or you're buying a gallon of milk, right? It's, it's relatively impersonal, let's be honest. But when you buy online and you're buying produce, that's an area that to me, it just seems like, God, I just do I really want somebody going and find those three tomatoes that I want, right? Are they going to get the right ones? And that's something about the online platform that's like, God, how do we uplift that? How do we make sure that it's the perfect three tomatoes are going to that person online like they would pick? So I want to throw it out to you. How do you feel like, do you think the online thing when it comes to produce speaks to what I kind of framed up earlier and that drives in that interaction, no interaction thing to the consumer? Do you think that's uplifts it or is a challenge? A big I think, question. I think that 26-ish months ago, me, you, and, and probably every, every other 10 guys we threw a rock at were the exact same thing. I'm not letting somebody pick out the marbling in my ribeye. Yeah. I'm not letting somebody else choose my ripeness of avocado. And then the pandemic came and it, it really, it forced engagement. It, it, it demanded engagement. People couldn't go out of the house. There was, you know, there was that, there was that fear. And yeah. I will, I will tell you all day, every day that, Rayleigh's serves customers every single day, you know, 364-ish days of the year. We serve yep. customers. We know how to serve customers. If we can't lean in from a brick-and-mortar position and serve the online business and replicate that store experience, certainly a warehouse can't do it. Yeah. So it comes, it comes with developing that relationship and making sure that you have a tether to the customer, right? And that comes from paying attention. That comes from training that happens upstream so that you're reaching out and I'm, I'm going to send you a note and say, Hey, Todd, I noticed, you know, every time a lesion space dust is on sale, you put one in the basket. It's not on your order. Would you like me to add one? Just, just add a totally, not that you like space dust or anything. No, no, I don't. No. no, that's that. Those are the game changers. 
those those are the differences. Those are the those are the pivots. And I don't know that everybody can deliver on that. But again, oh. you know, we're also working in a in a live store environment to make these make these selections. So you know, we we can we can do all of those things extremely well and re- and replicate to the best of our ability what the customer would do. You know, in store. Yeah, you know, maybe the impulse buys might be might be a little challenge, but I think that's where you know making sure that you're kind of looking. You're looking, you're, you know, those little, those little points of intersection with the customer are the things that change from I'm getting, you know, I'm getting an order from the store and somebody is personally shopping for me. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's a different feeling. It's a different warm and fuzzy. And that's, and that's really where we have to connect with them. And once I think once you do that, and I may have told you this story um, offline, online, but it's probably, it's probably my best, you know, my most, um, clear story of how you really gain and win in online business as a, as a brick and mortar retailer. I have a, I have a, um, a vendor who sent me a note and said, Hey, you know, we always shop, we always shop online. And this was before we were doing last mile. This was just right. click and collect, which was our early adoption, right? Hey, mm-hmm. order it online, come to the store, pick it up in the parking lot, save you the pushing the cart through the store. And, um, he sent me a note and he said, Hey, you know, my wife got the order last night from, from Rayleigh's and there was a note from the shopper and they had put some Newman's own pink lemonade in the, in the order for, for free. And, and the note said, Hey, you know, uh, Mrs. Arbini, I, I know that I saw your purchase hierarchy and I know you like a lot of, you know, natural and better for you items. This is one of my favorite items. I just thought I'd put it on your order and, and see what you think at no charge, you know, John. The husband said, my wife is never going to shop anywhere else Yeah, right. because she feels that she has that connection that somebody understands, you know, what she wants in that basket, whether it's those three tomatoes that you cited earlier in the conversation yeah. or, you know what, somebody's paying attention that it's not just a box is a box is a box, but they see a theme. I'm trying to eat a little bit better. Maybe I have a couple indulgent things, but somebody's paying attention that's that's where brick and mortar retail wins in this in this equation. I love it. That's well said. And you're 100 percent right. And, you know, first, let's be honest. you got to start with good product. Your stores are full of good product. So let's 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 go there. Right. Let me get out of the way of the screen here. Yeah, no doubt. Right. I'm, I got the front. Of, I got the front of the store here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think that we all as human beings want to feel special. We want hugs. We want love. We want interaction. Um, I, I, it, I just don't think there's a lot of people that just go for, I just want hate and, you know, be angry and this and that. And I think that when you can give that back from a retail environment and make it worthwhile to them, make the experience worthwhile, I think it's how you win the day. And I think that's what's set in my mind. I think that's where somebody like you guys, where you're doing what you're doing now with your online platform, um, makes it feel like it's not online, right? It, you, you are an extension of the store where you don't have somebody going in going, God, these, I'll, I get to eat these. I'll be able to eat these tomatoes in three weeks, right? I think that's, I mean, come on, let's be honest. I mean, some of the stuff that's out there today is just like that. It's, you know, it's grown, it's grown to ship. It's not grown to eat. And I think it's so important that, you know, the way you guys have stepped into that, it's, it's, it's powerful. Your statement was powerful. And I think a lot of people out there need to go, wow, you know what, what are we doing? How does it compare to that mindset? Yeah. Yeah. Online's here to stay. I mean, you look yeah. at you look at the generation. I mean, I know, uh, you know, your daughter is in, your daughter and your son are both, you know, in that in that kind of hamster wheel of, hey, 
you know, a lot of a lot of purchasing happens in that kind of portal. So why wouldn't the natural progression be for grocery to, you know, to be part of that? And so this isn't this isn't a fleeting thing. It's how we have to engage. And we just have to make sure that we're, you know, continuing to to keep pace with where the customer needs us to go in, yeah. in how we and how we connect with them. Um, I feel like we're doing that, but it, this is a ever, you know, ever evolving, you know, deal. No, no doubt, technology. My God, yeah. I mean, what 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 they bring out today is already obsolete tomorrow. Type stuff at this at this pace that we're going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, well, I, I want to talk about something that I know is a passion of your heart, something that you believe in, something you've been a big part of, a big champion, and and rallies as a whole. And I got I got to throw a shout out to our boy Greg Corrigan as well, right? Because he's got a little bit of love on this on this question as well. But you guys have been in the forefront of this organic produce movement literally for over thirty years. You know, you've been a part of this since my career started. Um, you specifically have been an absolutely true champion, um, of that effort. You, you know, you have given young brands the time of conversation, an opportunity, a shot, you know, guidance, the whole nine yards. And so, as I said, in the opening, obviously a huge thank you to you for that, but specifically when you look back at the trajectory of the organic, because I mean, you started in the deal, you know, I, people were begging, you know, everybody thought the apple had a worm and you couldn't get shelf space and you would get it on the corner and all these other things. Specifically, when you think back over your tenure of your career and the trajectory of that category, what have you learned from the organic community um, by being so much in the front of the trajectory of the category? Well, the, the best word out of that, out of that whole tee up was community. And if you if you're anywhere really connected to this organic movement, you understand you know how much community is bolded and underlined with re- respect to organic produce. You know whether it's the grower, packer, shipper, and again, you know this is this is a product of me being put in the right place at the right time. As a as a uh, as a relatively young man or significantly younger than I am today, I got uh, I got an opportunity to transfer to Sonoma County, and you know. There is a there is a huge organic you know position up there. There's you know certainly growing, but there's there's a need from the retail side. And we had a we had a small position in the store that I got transferred to. And the first thing I was charged with at 27. Now I'm 27, and my assistant was 55, and my third man was 50, 52, somewhere in there on a nine man crew, and I'm the youngest guy. And and my supervisor says, hey, you know. First thing I want you to do is you get rid of this section over here. We had four feet, four feet, two shelves, you know, yeah. 20, maybe 20 items, right? Yeah. About and, all they uh, were back then. You only had 20 items back then. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he says, you got to get rid of this. And I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna get rid of this. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I huddled up the team the next week after the supervisor last night. I said, hey, we're, uh, we're going to re-merchandise this space. And they said, hold on. You, know, I mean, you don't know where you are. You're in, you're in Sonoma County. This is, you know, this is a significant deal. This is going to impact customers. And I'm like, really? We've tried this before a couple of times and right. it didn't work. And they said, you know, different, different area code, different zip code. And, and so I, I leaned into it and, you know, just, just watched the progress, watched where the sales were, watched where the gross margin was. And, you know, gross margin was one of the best in the, in the district. And so I said, well, why don't we go the other way? And we expanded and I think when we left, when I left there, I was there for two and a half years. I think when I left, I had 40-ish linear feet of organic produce. And Rayleigh's didn't have an organic program at the time. I was buying it all off yeah. the street. I was buying it from Earl yeah. and, uh, and making deals with, you know, 
guys like Mark Nail, and, you know, just, just some, some guys that some old guys in the industry. And, yeah. and uh, so when I went to corporate, they asked me to, to design a program. And when I started on this, on this path and I wasn't really versed in the organic thing, it took calls. It took conversations with guys such as yourself to really understand what, what this looked like, not from the retail lens, from the grow lens and from the community lens. So that I could be a better steward to push this thing forward, you know, yeah. sit, in the back, sit in the back of the boat and listen, not talk kind of thing. Um, and, you know, those, those are the times that really changed the course because this is pre-GPS. This is the times where I was going, well, I want to develop a program and a menu of items that if somebody got lost on the way to Whole Foods because they don't have Waze, because Waze wasn't then, <laughs> that could I meet their menu? Could they walk yeah. in and not just get a couple of overwrapped items on styrofoam trays? Mind you, nothing organic people hate more than overwrapped product on styrofoam trays. Styrofoam another trays. conversation for another day, people and planet. But anyway, um, yeah. so, you know, offer a real program, fruits and vegetables and snacking and nuts. And that's kind of how I attacked it. And that put me in an arena to talk to a whole bunch of people about a whole bunch of things they were passionate about. And I don't know if it comes across in video, but I'm kind of a passionate guy. Doesn't always doesn't always resonate with everyone, but when I, when that, when that meets someone else in that same, same level, then we're off to the races. And I think in this, I met a lot of people um, that are really passionate about what they do, that they grow things for flavor and because they're unique, not because they want them to last on the shelf forever or be able to ship to, to, you know, across the world, but they wanted things that were great for people, great for planet. And we're going to be, you know, on a great experience when you, when you eat them, cook them, yeah. whatever. And so that really, those were, those were things that were in my wheelhouse and it made it really easy to kind of push the thing forward. And once the, once the tide kind of changed and, you know, we kind of got that economy economies of scale where enough yeah. conventional guys were, were seeing the tide turn and were growing, taking growing, their growing application and growing organically on bigger plots of ground and bringing the overall scale down where the, where the layperson could afford this and interact in interact with this. Um, then it, then it was the momentum was there. Customers were ready. They just, they wanted the, they wanted the availability and they wanted to do it without having to speak to the finance manager. Yeah. And as soon as we could deliver on those two things, you know, that the rest is, is in the river mirror. And we continue to just push forward, um, trying to offer, you know, better for you products, natural and certainly organic, sure, sure. local, local, whenever possible, um, you know, 365 days a year. I love, well, talk, you brought up something that it, it got me thinking a little bit, <clears throat> you know, back and I talked about it, you know, a four foot section in the corner, there's a burnt out light. Uh, you know, the guy will check in on Tuesday. Maybe he'll swing back by and look at it again on Friday. I mean, you know, half the back then, some of the produce just, you know, literally rolled off the shelf and just melted down to the floor. But you think about it today, back, and my, my question is going to be about merchandising today, you know, versus yesterday. Um, what's it like? I mean, how much does, you know, how much does that change in your mindset? Because you guys go ahead, I mean, you guys are integrated, you're out, you're doing some big stuff, you're, you don't lean out of it. So how has that changed, do you think, in your, your, you know, the trajectory over time and the consumer acceptance to how you guys merchandise. Well, I think we've, we've moved away from that, you know, that uh, burned out light bulb back corner. Yeah. Sure. Well, for I sure. Yeah. If you look over my shoulder and you can see that, that, that now the, the front, the front intersection with the customer in most departments within Rayleigh's Bel Air and Knob Hill foods is going to have an organic presence. Um, we're going to, you know, 
we're going to merchandise towards seasonality, that's always going to go part and parcel, sure. right? We want people eating seasonally. We want them to have the best experience and the best application, but um, organic has to be something that we're speaking to them early in their, in, you know, as they enter into the department. And so we're merchandising accordingly. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think making a, making a destination, making a presence so that we can um, know for the shopper that is looking for that, that particular um, experience, a, here it is. This is a, the, we've uh, we've rolled out the red carpet for you, and here's here's our offerings today. And I will challenge you know any mainstream. You just go ahead and drop the gauntlet you know on here. But I'll challenge any mainstream marketer in our trade area. And I mean mainstream. I, I'm calling out yeah, the, yeah. you know the mills, the Safeways of the world that we will have a as good or better offering in organic produce than anybody else in that in that sector. Well, but let and to be fair to your point, you've raised the bar, right? It's not like you guys have been slouches. So you you can't, you know, customers have an expectation that, you know, which is why you've been so successful. You've raised the bar. You've raised the bar on the growing community. Therefore, you've raised the bar on the retail community as well. You know, you've and I think that's really reflective upon your success. And to your point, you walk in the store, you know what your position is. You do <laughs> organic before organic was cool. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, before more people could spell it, believe me. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I, I can't tell you in my career how many times I had to explain what the frick a kabocha squatch was because nobody understood it. So I'm with you on that. <laughs> I, I want to switch gears here because you guys are doing some, you know, you guys have gone off on a, a you know, obviously you brought bashes into the family, uh, but you've also gone off and, and flipped the switch on a new project that's just kind of getting its wings under it now. It's been rolling for a bit. And one of the things I love about um, the one market concept is your tagline. No fake stuff, just good stuff. So can you explain a little bit about what the model is? Uh, because it's, they're, they're pretty cool stores. <laughs> I, I got plenty to unload or unpack about uh, one market. But just to, just to set the table, if you will, if I can figure out how to get into my phone. But, um, you know, everybody wants to understand what that, you know, kind of what that is. So you mentioned something earlier. Or we talked about it another time, but about kind of, kind of, the, you know, what really shelf guide program looks like. Yeah. And so one of the shelf guides that we have, and we can touch on this later if you want, or if, we, yeah, yeah. if we have time, if we don't run four hours over on this, but, you know, shelf guide is a, is a program that, you know, really outlines at shelf for the customer that's looking for certain things to fit their dietary needs. And this may be if they're looking for something, or sometimes it can just be attributes that are on the brands that they buy every day that they may not have known. I didn't right. know that this, this thing I'm buying is already nutrient dense. I feel even better about this purchase than I did before, you know, before I was doing it. But um, one of the shelf uh, shelf guide icons is clean label. And let me put my old man glasses on. And I just, I just want to give you a little bit about what clean label means at Raylix. Yeah, so please. This icon means that the product excludes questionable ingredients, questionable ingredients. Like, you know, I, I'd be a questionable character in this scenario. Well, I was um, going to say that, but I'm letting you roll. You know, uh, following the, the same standards that we use our Rayleigh's purely uh, made line of products. We've identified items that do not contain artificial colors, artificial preservatives, artificial flavors, artificial sweeteners, artificial emulsifiers, thickeners, dough conditioners, maturing agents, I need that, yeah. bleaching, antibiotics, or hormones. So that was in response to you asking me about one market. Yeah. That in a nutshell, is a lot of what we're trying to bring to one market. That's the, that's the only good stuff, not bad stuff. And you can layer in some other items into that for sure. You know, um, refined sugars and, and high fructose and 
all those, all those things. Um, what one market means and it's in, you know, at, when it's full bright is this is that owner that I spoke of earlier, tilting towards that wellness um, windmill of trying to change the way people eat one plate at a time. Yeah. And that's a bold statement, a huge statement. Yeah. But, and I could give you a story about the Olympics and the guy that was going to break the, the five minute mile and how that happened. Um, and it's a really, really good story. Go ahead. But it only took, it only took one guy to do it. A, a record that had never been, never been broken. Right. In the history of running. And then how long do you think it lasted? It months at the most. And now you can't qualify for state track in California. If you don't run below five minute mile. Yeah. It takes one person to be that courageous, to be that bold, to make the change and for people to follow and adopt that and to move it forward. And that's the owner that I get to, you know, put each leg in my pants every day and go to work for. Yeah. It makes it it pretty easy to look in the mirror. No, for sure. Well, you know, what I love about what you said and what I, what I dig about the, the one market stores is that for me and what I believe in is that, you know, for us to better this planet, better our health, better a whole lot of things, feed, you know, people better food is that we've got to educate people on what that actually means. And so you've done that with these stores. You're giving people an opportunity to come in, learn more, understand more. And, and, your, and your shelf-guided system is really, really impressive, which I'm going to ask you a follow-up question on that as well. But I think that's really something that that concept to me, what spoke to me, you know, in, 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 um, in, in looking at it, it's like, wow, this is a place to come. If you have questions and you want to make a decision about changing your life, this is a place to walk in and go, hey, can you help me, please? And they're like, sure. What do you eat? Boom. Let's talk about it. So it is, it's really cool. How is it doing, by the way? I know you guys are opening up. I mean, you, you know, you guys are, it's not slowing down. It's not slowing down. So, you know, we, we had kind of a, a little bit of an incubator with a small, with a small project in, in kind of urban, uh, urban Sacramento, which is bold because Sacramento and urban don't generally run into the same, the same sentence. Um, and once we kind of got some learnings from that, we decided to really go, um, push down the path of, of one market and extending the brand or adding a banner to the brand. And we opened Truckee last year in the midst of a pandemic yeah. in, in an area that, you know, was not densely populated. We, we uh, decided to bring this brand Fulbright and it's been so well received, um, extremely, extremely successful in that it's, it's a very unique and highly curated shopping experience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to lean in with both feet and, and uh, on, you know, better for you products and, and it's always it's always a courageous endeavor because, you know, to intersect people on that wellness journey, you mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a very intimate dance, and you want to make sure that you're never going to outpace where your customer is on that arc. You need to walk with them and and guide and guide them, maybe slightly ahead of them to to lead them in the direction, but never to drag them. And I and so I think that these these stores are not going to be stores you put on every corner. But for the customers that want that healthy, healthy lifestyle, Truckee made really good sense to, to test the brand um, yeah. and, and better for you products. This, this is the, their store. Absolutely. And it's, it's so timely that we're having the conversation now because we just opened our second ground up one market last week. Right. And in, in, in the spirit of the owner that we work for and the team that he puts below him, we opened up in an urban area. 
where there were competitors. And right. we went into the, into, you know, we, we pulled back the jaw and put our head in the mouth of the lion of retail space and said, here we are, look, look at us. And it's been, it's been a really wonderful, but this is Friday. So we're, we opened up yeah. last Thursday, last Thursday, we opened the doors on our second ground up build for one market. Um, and it's been outstanding. It really has there. It's surprising just how many people are out there or on this journey of looking for items that are better, that want to know more about that you know, that intimate food event that they're creating and putting better things into that, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, that are understanding the food as medicine. You mm -hmm. talked about you, you, I didn't circle back to it, but you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to, that I wanted to make sure that I didn't leave on the table. And we talked about economy and, yeah. and how that, and how that can impact usage. And I think that, you know, there's a couple of different ways to, to skin that. One is certainly, you know, how do you truncate your spending first? Is it, you know, your taco Tuesday out and now you're cooking in. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're, maybe we're less impacted. Hopefully we're less impacted. Or how do you look at your spend globally? Do you want to eat better now so that your healthcare costs are lower later? Correct. It's, it's really kind of right pocket, left pocket. And so, you know, when you pull all those things into the equation, I don't know how much disruption we're going to feel um, in the economies of things for the people that think in those, in those terms. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what I love is you give people a chance to educate themselves about food because, you know, food is a, you know, an organic category, especially it's a morals and values decision in a lot of ways. Right. And it, and it comes down to, I want to be better. I want to learn how to eat better. I want to do stuff. But the fact that you create a environment like these stores are to uplift and to help change that narrative, because to your point, food is medicine. It can hurt us. and It can help us in a lot of ways. And I think that, having a store like those where you can come in and help educate people about making choices and the next generation that's coming to make better choices ultimately serves our planet. It serves our health system. It serves our communities. And, you know, it's great to be uplifting these young brands that are, you know, brands, not young all necessarily, but these brands that are out there doing some really heavy lifting right now to make positive changes to this planet. There's, you know, it's wonderful to see. Absolutely. It's wonderful to see. Yeah. I, I know that, that something that, that I'm a big fan of, and I know that you are as well, is promoting and talking to kids about how to eat better, get more fruits and vegetables. I said it earlier, you know, the, the easiest way to, to, to worry, to, to kind of eliminate food waste is to increase consumption. And the way we do that is by talking to consumers about why, the why behind that statement. And one of the areas that you guys do, and I think is so done, well done, and I hope people out there go, God, why am I not doing this? Is your, is your fruit program that you do for kids and that you get children involved um, in, the, in the thought process of produce. So share a little bit about what that program is, how it works, the reason for it and all that. Cause I just think it's super cool. So the free fruit for kids program was really, it really just fits, it fits part and parcel with the brand. Right. Mm -hmm. um, me, me personally, or me selfishly, it's early adoption. Right. It's, yeah. it's getting it's getting kids to understand that they're going to get all those natural sugars from eating fruit and and how that develops a craving. Right. So I want you know, I want kids eating produce, you know, starting whenever they whenever they can. Um, so that's it's self-serving for me. But it goes it goes hat in hand with um, the same reason why we took sugary candy bars and things like that out of our check stand, you know, the the mom or the dad that's coming in the shop or the family that's coming in the shop you know, how can we satisfy that um, in another way than, you know, putting Hershey's front and center at the, at the checkout while they're waiting. 
But if they're already eating a mandarin, if they're already eating a banana, if they're already eating a, you know, a rocket apple, maybe that becomes less of, you know, less of the distraction within the store. And again, it becomes something we can, we can all feel good about, you know, giving, uh, you know, giving kids something healthy to eat when this, within the store, that's a, that's a win any day of the week. Yeah. How's it been received? I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've got kids now that are coming in like, Hey, what, what's, what's up this week? Yeah. Well, it probably hurt the bakery the most, right? The, the free cookie program probably took a hit. Um, oh, well. produce, produce is usually a little bit, a little bit more front and center in the store. Um, so, you know, they're getting to us before they get to them. Win in my book, I'll take that. Um, but it, it's something that we have, we have a, we have an outpost in every store. Um, we, we rotate through the items. And again, this is, this is really trying to set the stage for all those, you know, all those engagements at home. You know, today yeah. it's a, it's a Mandarin, it's an apple, it's a banana, it's something simple. And is that going to make the kiwi and the dragon fruit and those conversations, you know, or those trials that much easier down the road? Absolutely. I believe so. Yeah. Well, and I'll quote our friend, Corey Martin, who, you know, eloquently talked about, you know, my, my daughter loves dragon fruit and, you know, yes, it's expensive, but it, if that's what she wants to eat, I've got to find a way to put it in the cart to keep her engaged. You know, if they, that's the produce they want. And you want to make those positive changes, you got to find a way. And I think that, that there's so many varieties in the grocery store that as a parent, you know, maybe it's not dragon fruit, but to your point, is it a mandarin? You know, is it a banana? Is it, you know, is it a cherry? Is it something, is it a grape right now or a peach? You know, what, engage your kids down that trajectory. And, you know, if you put the energy in, I believe they'll continue to make those good choices that you put in front of them. And I just, I applaud you guys for doing it. I, I hope everybody, I hope every retail in this country gets behind educating kids about fruits and vegetables. You know, again, because you want to increase, you know, you want to get rid of food waste. You want to talk about all these heavy duty issues. Let's work on increasing consumption first and foremost. Let's, where does it take us, right? How great, you know, no, how great would it be not to have a pharmacy in a grocery store because we're eating more fruits and vegetables, right? Yeah. And it flips the paradigm up, upside down. I mean, if you, if we think about it and I talked, I mentioned the check stands of old, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the, usually those things that are easy to grab and go are the local low nutrient value, high caloric value items, right? Yeah. Fresh produce yeah. does, does that upside down, right? Nutrient dense, low caloric value, better for you. This, this is what we should be doing. It goes back to, you know, early on in our conversation, talking about stewardship, talking mm-hmm. about getting more product, you know, to more people that need it. Well, if we're not training our kids to eat healthy, you know, the shame on us. And I think that, you know, we have a role in that as retailers, as grocers, we could, you know, we could put, you know, Yoohoo and, and uh, Ho-Ho's at the front door, right. As customers walk in and that would be irresponsible. I think this is, this is the, you know, the responsibility that we take. And certainly with a, with a company like Rayleigh's that leans in on, on health and wellness, this is what we should be doing. Absolutely. I agree. And I think I, again, commend you guys for doing it. I think it's super, super important. Talk switch gears a little bit. You know, we talk about food waste and there's a lot of things being done in this, in this world. Now there's a lot of great companies, you know, that are, are doing some big things when it comes to food waste, there's big things that they're coming with, whether it's CEA, you know, emerging ag technologies, whatever it is. So talk a little bit about ag tech and I'll use this as a big word, whether it's greenhouse and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, are you moving towards any kind of new technologies along the lines? And again, maybe it's a food waste platform. Maybe it's some different things. Are you paying a lot of attention to what's going on in that space? Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Abby Pryor, Chief Commercial Officer at Bright Farms. 
On behalf of all the bright farmers across our great country, thanks for listening to Toddversations and Toddbits. At Bright Farms, we care about the health of our planet and its people. Our mission is to give more people access to the freshest, tastiest, cleanest, and most responsibly grown salads available. We grow our salads by harnessing the power of the sun in our advanced greenhouses located close to your grocery stores. Our salads are delivered in as little as 24 hours after harvest, so every Bright Farm salad you buy is fresh, tasty, and sustainably grown. It's a big job looking out for the health of the people on the planet, but we're up for it. So give one of our Bright Farm salads a try today and become a part of our Bright Farms family. Thanks so much. Yeah, um, so I can tell you a couple of different things. Well, let's start with CEA. And for the for the lay person, CEA is just controlled environment. Environment, right? right? Like greenhouse, um, indoors. Yeah, absolutely. In some some kind of platform, whether you're talking about growing with lights or growing, you know, mm-hmm. hydroponically or you know, deep well, you know, all those things are are going to be under a glass kind of platform um, and sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. So. I'll tell you where, where we intersect on that. I spent a couple of years kind of looking into what might be the right place to, to, to look at for, for Rayleigh's. It was kind of a, uh, you remember as a kid or maybe for you last week, like, you know, when, Thank you. When God bless two you. people, two people are spinning the jump rope and you're kind of, kind of gauging, like, where do I jump in without tripping? And I, falling I, I, I double dutched. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I didn't do a so, single rope. I was past that very early age. I was double dutch with, with my chucks. I had high top chucks. Got to protect the ankles. No total double dutch. There you go. So it was really some time of looking at that and, and where was the right place to intersect. And I'll tell you, I met a, I, I had a speaking engagement at UC Davis a couple of years ago, and I met a gentleman there, a really bright guy named Viraj Puri. And uh, Viraj is the co-CEO of Gotham Greens, a company from, from back east, who Correct. does who does some, uh, you know, some greenhouse application and, and does a good business back there. And, and for the East Coast, it makes a lot of sense, right? We know where things are grown. They're grown out here. They're grown 75 to 115 miles from my DC. I, you know, I'm a I'm fortunate I'm a retailer. It's the top end of the most fertile growing ground in this country. So it makes the CEA conversation a little bit different with me than it does for you know Boston, Chicago, New York. Sure. But you know, in this engagement, he talked to me about the platform. And I thought it was really cool. Didn't see a didn't see an intersection point for Rayleigh's, but I thought it was really cool. But we kept the lines of communication open. And, you know, probably another year down the road, he reaches out to me and says, hey, you know what? I'm building a greenhouse in Denver. And I was like, awesome. Good for you. I still have Salinas. And um, it was probably another year after that. We met up. We were invited to another panel. Um, mm-hmm. I think another something else hosted by UC Davis. And he tell he pulls me aside and he says, "Hey, I'm I'm getting a grant or a land grant from UC Davis or whatever the the yeah they have a partnership of way, and I'm gonna yeah. put I'm gonna put a greenhouse in Davis." And at that moment, and I mentioned to you about how I'm kind of passionate, and that doesn't always resonate with everybody, but game recognizes game. Yeah. So when this guy tells me I'm going to go into the teeth of production. I'm going to put my greenhouse and stake a claim 115 miles from those fertile growing land in the country because I believe my model is that sound. I was kind of like, you know what? This is kind of my guy. This, yeah. this, is, this, is, this is my guy. This is someone who I, I believe is passionate about his business that he will move it forward. And so um, when, he got some, when he got some stakes in the ground in the Davis facility, um, 
we kind of shook hands and said, you know what, we're, we're going to do this in some form or fashion. We're going to do this. It gave me a cheap ticket to kind of peek under the, under the curtain of CDA. Sure. Um, I think, do I think that Salinas is going away today? No, tomorrow, probably not. Our kids will, will still enjoy product grown there, but we know that open ground farming in the Salinas Valley is not sustainable long-term. And right. You could put a, a, a year on long-term, but it's not sustainable long-term. And so we need to look at, you know, we populate too many people on this planet. We're not going to have enough fertile growing ground to be able to feed them. And so we have to be able to produ produce things in a more efficient manner using less resources um, that are diminishing as well. We all know how much, rain, how much rainwater there is in California, right? How much rainwater there isn't in California. And so, yeah, so we've entered into a, an alignment with, with Gotham Greens to offer their products in store. Um, not because I think, you know, it's the next best thing, but because I believe in what they're doing. I think yeah. the product speaks for itself, but what they're doing is kind of the value add in how they're, how they're able to get that product to market. And, you know, the freshness piece that we talk about going East, um, their production facility to my distribution facility is less than 20 miles. I don't have production like that. That's fresher. I don't have anything that's more hyper local than my relationship with Barrage and Gotham Greens. Yeah, well, no. And look, it, I say this all the time. It's a positive cost of food to invest in. To, to your point, we're going to have to make changes. We know we're going to have to make changes. We're going to have to, you know, look, these guys are doing stuff in the Middle East. You can't grow lettuce in the Middle East. I've been there, right? It's a little, it's a touch warm a lot of the time, right? <laughs> and so it makes sense to bring food where food's needed. And to your point, in California, Salinas is not going to go away. Dirt farming is not going to go away. It's just, it's not, it ain't going to happen. So let's just clear the air on that. You're not going to replace everything by putting it in a greenhouse. That ain't going to happen either. But the fact of the matter is we don't have any water out here. And we've got to be mindful of the fact that what happens if we continue not to get water out here? I mean, it, it's a really, really big problem when, you know, you've got communities that get six inches of rain a year and they got four. I mean, that math just starts, you know, this is what year, whatever it is of this drought cycle that we're on. It's, it's tough. You know, so looking at this is, is something that I think we all have to be mindful of. When, you, when you're dealing with CEA and you're dealing with this stuff, how do you merchandise? Are you looking at merchandising any different? Are you putting it in just straight into the stores, into your sets, and it just live, it lives side by side with everything else? We're trying to talk to the consumers a little bit about the fact that it's local, right? Because there's a right. lot of feathers that you can put in the cap here, you know, mm -hmm. the, but... How much is the how much is the customer um, ready to uh, accept all the information at once? And what what is controlled environment agriculture? And what, yeah. is greenhouse, what does greenhouse mean? Does that mean anything's adulterated? Is there anything happening? So I think when you start to talk to them about, hey, because every day, all day, what my go to market is is I'm going to try and sell you a great experience at a fair price. That's yeah. that's what I'm going to try and do every day when I get up and lace up my shoes. I'm going to, and that's not going to be for a cheap price. That's going to be a for a fair price for the experience. And so I look at the Gotham thing is, is it's an experience. You're getting a, a different lettuce blend than you're going to get at, you know, like competitors and, you know, cited earthbound or a fresh express. So you get something different, a different variety because of the yeah. way they can, because of the way they can grow it. And my stake to my stake or my claim is that you're going to be able to get that fresher. Just, just by happenstance, I'm that far from production. You're going yeah. to get a fresher item. You're going to get something that'll, that will stay in your refrigerator longer, that won't cause you shrink and won't do what we talked about early on is put more fresh food into the landfill. 
So you can't, you can't argue with that logic. It's always trying to find a place to solve, right? Solve food waste, solve consumption, solve, you know, local reduction of food miles, reduction of, of resources going into production, all those, all those things come into play. Yeah, hundred percent. Well then with that being said, and I think it leads to my next question, you kind of teed it up really well for me. If you could pick something right now across the entire store, left side, right side, front, back, doesn't matter, your department, any department, what's new out there that excites you or what's exciting to you right now at retail? Oh, man. All right. I will tell you, and, and this is a well, little no, bit- out No, of, I, I didn't ask the question for you not to tell me, dumbass. This, I asked the question I, I will tell me. you why. I will tell you that <laughs> it's not in my department, but it's, 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 it's linked to it. Okay. But I will tell you, these plant-based fools are changing- the game. Yeah. They are changing the game where you're able to deliver mouthfeel, customer expectation, texture, and flavor. I went to Expo West uh, this past year and I hadn't been in a few years. The place is nuts. I I ate things and none of them were meat. Right. All of them were incredible. All of them satisfied what my expectation was from ribs to chicken nuggets. Yeah. To, to sushi, really, really incredible things that are happening in that space. I love um, it. One of the best, you know, the, the days of, of, you know, Tofurky, and I'm not picking on those brands. Those are great. Those were great early brands to move this thing forward. But it's like anything. It's the, it's the lift to the Uber, buddy. It's yeah. the, game, the game is changing. And when you go and talk to Field Roast and they say they're stadium dog is in like 11 MLB parks in the country and it's not a hot dog. And that's like hot dog 101. If you don't have a beer and a dog at a baseball game and they're sacrilegious, they're getting getting plant-based hot dogs into ballparks. That's moving the dial. That's exciting for that space. And I'm really excited for them. I had my best um, plant-based bacon this year from hooray. Um, I had a really, really wonderful Korean barbecue that's not Korean barbecue. I don't, I, I can't concede the bacon. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm following you. I believe in you, but you just, you really effed up by trying to convince me the bacon. I can't let it go. I can't. I got to go. No, I don't care. They can send it to me. I'll try it. I'll be honest, but mm, I don't know. It's bacon. There you go. All right. So I'll get, I'll get them to send you the bacon and the nacho cheese because cheese is another one. You can't, not everybody can do it right, but if you do right. it right. You you got you got somebody for life, and it's it's really really great. I know that produce is a is the OG of plant based, but for sure. But to see but to see this category really move, change, meet that, and and it's all driven by customer to meet demand, right? It's need for sure. It's need, it's need based, and and really really accept, uh, exciting things happening in that space. Well, I'll tell you, in SAC, there's a company called the Bitter Meat Co. that is kicking butt and doing some amazing things right now by using agricultural byproduct like number two potatoes. They ferment it similar in the same process as you do beer, but obviously not the same as beer. And they pull out a micro, a protein that comes out of that that is absolutely unbelievable. You should go check them out. They're in your backyard. I don't, I think they might even be down. They might even be close to where you're at. I'll, I'll send you an email on that. You, you'd like this guy. Paul's a cool dude. And he'll give you, come over for a tour and check it out. You dig it. Yeah. I'm telling it's you. Pretty, but, yeah. You asked the question. That's that's some pretty yeah. that's some pretty exciting stuff in, from from my lens for sure. I love it. I can't I can't let you out of here without asking 
about FPFC and your involvement in the Fresh Produce and Floral Council because the work that you do. And share with me a little bit about that, your role. But I think more importantly, my question to you, and I think I look forward to the answer, is why giving back has become so important to you in your career. Um, it's, you know, it's really something that started, you know, started grassroots. And, you know, when you see the people that you, you know, I don't want to say idolize, but certainly have have an affinity for and you see them doing that, it's hard not to jump in, right? It's if if you see someone fighting a fire and you don't grab a bucket, you know, it, it's really, it's really tough. And and so that I think really started for me, having people in the industry that I respected, that I that I really enjoy and seeing the value that they were getting by by giving back, by something selfless like joining an organization, serving on a board, serving on a committee that helped with, you know, the platforms that that organization was supporting, you know, are certainly, you know, education and giving back and, you know, all those, all those things. And the FPFC um, gives me that opportunity, affords me that opportunity um, to, to do that and to link arms with people that I wouldn't necessarily be at the same table with. Right. Um, mm-hmm. This is this is something this is an organization built up of retailers and shippers and marketers and brokers and growers. And I'm probably leaving off, you know, the packaging guys and, you know, and all of flowers, that. flowers from from both sides, both sides. Don't, of the don't from forget the, the daisies. I, you know, no daisies. daisies from the produce and the floral side. Right. Yeah. And um, all all moving to to push something in one one direction, right? To create a, an organizational entity that, you know, people can network and get gain education and knowledge to better their selves, better their organizations and to better the industry and move forward. And, and I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity the FPFC has, has allowed me to serve for a number of years now. Um, I'm currently the chair elect and I will, I will and have followed some really tremendous leaders. Um, I had, I had my hand on Corey's back, pushing her forward because I thought it was she was right to to move into that position, and she's yeah. been outstanding. I think the I think the world of her and the leaders that came before that laid the the groundwork for you know what I'm the path I'm going to get to walk on. I'm you know I'm absolutely grateful, and even the things it gave me as a as a leader. You know, we're part of a bigger organization, a bigger membership, and we're fiduciaries. We're you know we're not a, a a profit generating machine in, in it we're, we're dealing with membership money. And yeah. so, and so being responsible to that and making sure that we bring back value to the membership and always making sure that we're checking in with the membership for what value looks like today, because value to you and I might've been one thing, but industry's changing. And that, and yeah. that turned the value, the value statement that we have to uh, present can absolutely look different. And so always staying tethered to that. Outstanding. Yeah, it's a great organization. And, and, and in fact, right after our broadcast airs, we're going to be working with the, the City of Hope, talking with them a little bit about what produce is doing uh, and what retail is doing and, and uh, uh, the food circle is doing to uplift and to drive. It's a fantastic episode. It's a really great it's a really great broadcast and people are going to be blown away by it, as I think they will be blown away by you, sir, in this episode. So tell me, as we wrap up a little bit, what's anything new and exciting for 2022? Anything, you know, anything you want to drop? Any gossip? Anything, you know, anything you want to bring up? Giants suck. Um, what else you want to talk about? I said that out loud. I said the Giants suck out loud. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I hurt your feelings by saying that? I, I think that might that might end up getting dumped. 
I don't know. No, that's not going to get dumped. That's right. I promise you. That is not going to get dumped. We're going to we're going to trade paint just like last year, all the way down to the end, which was a which is a really wonderful year. Um, gossip, no. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy as a clam to to be able to serve you know both industry organization and certainly a, a company that I believe in. You know, when you get to when you get to feed people and you get up every day with that being the mantra that you that you march to it makes it really easy to look in the mirror in the morning because you know that you don't have to compromise any amount of yourself to do that job. And I, I have been afforded, I've been given that opportunity for 36 years um, for this company. And I, you know, I am, I, I'm eternally grateful. My, my best relationships have, have come out of this job. I I'll include you in that, I guess. Um, I'll pay you back. (laughs) um, (laughs) No, um, I wasn't I wasn't a person that sought education within a four walls of of institution, but I've spent the last three decades learning, you know, learning this industry and learning this craft. Yeah. And, and um, it, it's it's been a great ride. I hope I have, you know, as much in front of me as I do behind me. Um, it's it's an outstanding. There's things that will make sure that what we do is never dull. And, and one of them is Mother Nature. That's for sure. You're never going to figure has, you're never going to figure that out. She she has the mic drop moment on what we do, and that makes that means that it will never be dull. Never be dull is what well, I what I strive I say, for every day. I say it all the time. You either work with her or you work against her, and you're not gonna win the latter, right? <laughs> it's just not gonna work. I don't care how hard you think you're gonna try, it ain't gonna work. It's you know, and that still has her whatever and oh, right? Yeah, she's undefeated. She yeah. is absolutely undefeated, and she's gonna continue to be undefeated long into the you know, into the future. There's no two ways about it. And I think that we've got to come alongside with her. To your point, a lot of things, what you said earlier, you got to come alongside with her. We got to uplift her. We got to help her. We got to make sure we're listening. We got to make sure we're doing the right things as a community of citizens on this planet. There's a little tiny rock in the middle of a gazillion of, you know, infinite amount of space. We all got to do a little better to uplift each other, get good food out there, make good decisions, provide people with opportunities to empower themselves to make better choices. Um, and I think you guys have done that brilliantly. Um you know, all through the history of, of what Rallies is about. So again, I throw a big thank you to that. And thank you to you guys for who you are, because you, you raised the bar. And I hope that uh, anybody has an opportunity to get into one of your stores, whether it's in SAC or get down there, whatever it might be, walk in and check them out. They're worth looking at. They're, they're, they're a retailer that uh, you can emulate and feel good about for sure. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Well, brother, I got to tell you, I, I, I am, you know, I'm a huge fan. I'm a fanboy of yours and uh, you've meant a lot to me over my career, your guidance, your friendship, you know, um, hanging out with me, coming on the broadcast, being a part of the team here. And, uh, you know, your, your, your emails are epic when they pop in and, uh, you know, I just appreciate you. I appreciate you hanging out with me and thank you for being here today. I, I appreciate the time. It's always good to see you. You know, this, this has afforded us to get to see each other, you know, more than just email, get to see each other face to face and, I know and a little bit and, you know, hopefully, hopefully something resonates with, uh, with the people that get to see this. I know you're, you're, you're getting, your broadcasts are getting to a, a lot of different people and, that, and that's awesome for you. And, and really what it is, is it's awesome for the industry. I'm happy to, I'm happy to see you excel, you. but I, I never thought any different. I knew that I knew that you would, I know who you are, but what your platform is afforded for this industry is, has been outstanding. It's, it's been Thank something you, that hasn't lived before. And, and everything after you will be a follower. Oh, brother, I, that, that, that touches me deeply. I appreciate you saying that. Now, we're very proud of what we're doing. You know, we're, I think we're doing it for the right reasons because we, we recognize the need 
to uplift and elevate and keep conversations in the forefront and help people change and make a difference. And, you know, if there's something I can reflect back on my tenure when nobody gave a shit about what I had to sell because nobody could, you know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter back then. Nobody gave a shit. Let's be truthful. Right. But to be able to go through that experience and open up the runway and the pathway that we kind of walk today with my peer group, um, it's great to be able to use this platform to give back to uplift because I know what it was like not to be uplifted during that time and what it felt like to sit on hold for 45 minutes and just have them say, no, I don't need anything. Um, you know, so I know that it's important that we do it and that's why we do what we do. And we're so proud of what we put out every week and, and having folks like you come on and share from the heart. It's pretty meaningful. So again, thanks for hanging brother. And thanks for saying what you said. I, I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy Friday. Lace up the chucks, go do some double Dutch. Yeah, you know. dude, I'm all about it. I'm in a double Dutch competition tomorrow. I'm literally, I'm, I'm going to go get the Theragun out right now and I'm going to get a little, little gold, you know, a little gold bond. I don't need that till tomorrow. But a little tiger bomb, get the muscles loose and uh, we'll see where it takes us. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for the time, Todd. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. If you know who this gentleman is, you know, and if you don't know, you do now. Shuddy is an amazing individual. He's a great person. I love him to death. Find him at a trade show. See him somewhere. Meet him. Shake his hand. Tell him thank you for his time today. Go check out their stories. He's worthwhile. We appreciate you listening. Check us out on social media. Like I always say, we hang out there. Why? Because that's where the cool kids are, and that's where we are. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part. Remember, go inspire somebody today. It's really important. A simple hello is a source of inspiration, and we need more of that in our planet. We need it every day. So do your part and tell somebody you love them today. Send a text. Pick up the phone. Do something special for somebody. It'll empower your day. Thank you very much for being here. We'll see you soon. Take care.